With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back, Badgers fans, to the BadgerBlitz.com podcast. My name is John Veldheis, a senior writer for BadgerBlitz.com. Joined once again by John McNamara and Jonathan Mills. How are you guys doing today? Doing real well. Doing good. All right. Well, uh, without uh, without further ado, why don't we just uh, just dive into it for this week? Obviously, the Badgers are coming off a uh, a pretty big win for them, going out to Lincoln and uh, um, leaving leaving uh, Memorial Stadium with a five and zero record. They're now two and zero in the Big Ten. Uh, now the only undefeated Big Ten or team in the uh, the Big Ten West as far as conference play goes. Uh, and uh, you know, guys, we—I mean, we were talking about this a little bit before the uh, you know the start of the show. But is this now at, like a reasonable time where Badgers fans can kind of look and look at the schedule and think about this team running the table, going twelve and zero, and making the uh, the Big Ten championship game that way? Because you know, with with that Nebraska game out of the way, uh, it, it certainly feels like to me more than ever like this that's a you know not an unreasonable thing to do obviously the team is going to you know try and keep their focus at um you know keeping things one game at a time but you know is it fair now for Badgers fans to look at the schedule and feel like this team can run the table yeah I think so and you know I remember you know John you and when you and I were down in Chicago for the Big Ten media days um just kind of sitting around the other writers and you know it was brought up you know why why couldn't this team run run the table and you know, a lot of that, you know, you didn't know what this team was going to be, but there weren't a whole lot of question marks. And, um, you know, looking at that schedule, you know, obviously a very favorable schedule. Um, but, yeah, you know, five games in and um, and you look what you have remaining. Um, you know, John and I, you know, we talked about this before we got on here, but, you know, my, you might argue that Wisconsin really hasn't been tested. And, um, you know, I don't know how much I'd argue against that, but, you know, going on the road to BYU, um, even though BYU is maybe not, up to par with what they have been in the past, but you know that was a big win for them. And you know, obviously Nebraska's down, but uh, you know you went into halftime tied with them in a really, really hostile environment, and you, you you didn't really flinch at all, and you came out in the second half and really took control of that ball game. Yeah. So um, that I, I atmosphere think, was crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Game, I was getting kind of a um, a Wisconsin Ohio State 2010 vibe just from just from being in. Lincoln uh, walking around, you know, the stadium. It was it was a big game for them. I mean, they were they were honoring the um, 1997 national championship team. It was a blackout, uh, so they had their fans all all riled up. Uh, it was it was a crazy vibe in the stadium. So yeah, I, I think that only plays up the value of uh, going in and getting that win. But uh, you know, continue. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you like that. No, absolutely, and I'm glad you kind of spoke to that being there. Um, so, you know, even though I don't, you know, obviously those those two teams are not going to find them in the top 25. They're not going to finish in the top 25 this year. But, um, you know, those road games, I think, ha- have shown us a little bit what this team can do. Um, you know, taking care of business against North, or Northwestern at home 
um, which has kind of a, a, been a pesky team for Wisconsin, um, I think showed some stuff as well too. So um, I think you have a good idea what this team is right now, and um, looking at what they have remaining, they should be favored in every game. So uh, I think you definitely can look ahead, and um, you probably feel pretty good about purchasing tickets to the Big Ten title game this year. I would I would think so, right? Yeah, I would assume so. I mean, I know that last year's Big Ten title game, that was kind of a upset for Badgers fans. The Badgers were leading favorably against Penn State, and then the second half came, the Badgers just kind of fell apart. But looking ahead against, I mean, they have Purdue this weekend, and they have Maryland, Illinois, Indiana. I mean, really, their only kind of big obstacles coming up are that Iowa defense, a Michigan team which now is struggling. The offense has been kind of slumping lately. I mean, last weekend they lost to Michigan State at home, and then Minnesota, which is hot and cold. So why not the Badgers? I mean, I know earlier this season I was kind of hesitant on them. Maybe that was just fresh off the big-time championship loss. But why? if the Badgers can do it, I think this would be the year. I think the, the other thing that I'm looking at is you know, just from a, a schedule standpoint, they have four home games left, and you have three road games. Um, you know, your two uh, toughest opponents left on the schedule, at least from – you know, what we can kind of see is Iowa and Michigan. You get both of those teams at home. Um, and then your road games are at Illinois, uh, at Indiana, and then at Minnesota to wrap up the regular season. Um, it, yeah, it just, it, it's setting up in a way where, you know, sure, we haven't, we haven't seen the Badgers take on a, a you know, a, a team that is, you know, ranked in the, in the top 25 or considered to be, you know, pretty close to them in terms of uh, talent level or just how well they're playing this season. Uh, but I think collectively, you know, maybe we've seen them respond to a whole bunch of different situations that maybe, you know, you, you add it all up and it feels like a team that, you know, maybe, maybe they haven't had that one game test, but through five games to go through a variety of situations, like, you know, your, your slow starts uh, in the non-conference play um, going into an electric environment in a, uh, a road stadium and uh, really turning, you know, putting your foot on the gas in the second half, um, holding off a team uh, that was charging back in the second half. I'm thinking of the, the Northwestern game when they uh, went up after having it be close early and then kind of had to um, turn things back on again defensively after Northwestern scored uh, a good couple uh, second half touchdowns. So I think maybe on, in the aggregate, we've seen the team, uh, respond to enough different situations where you can f- feel more confident about them over the next couple of games. So I think that's what I think that, you know, if you're, if you're thinking the team's going to go undefeated, I think that's what I think you fall back on just because they don't have that, you know, signature win, you know, if you're um, looking at, you know, rankings or um, just a, from a talent level standpoint. Yeah. You know, and especially I think you, you feel even better looking at, um, you know, what Wisconsin has been able to do in the second half of these games um, and the, the adjustments that, that they're able to make, I think, is, is just huge. Um, you know, that, that, that definitely has to have you feeling pretty good going into, you know, the rest of the schedule. Um, you know, regardless how that first half goes, that this, this coaching staff goes in at halftime, makes the proper adjustments, and uh, they've just been an excellent second-half football team. So, um, yeah, yeah, I think you feel really good about this team getting into getting to Indianapolis. Um, you know, Penn State or, or Ohio State are probably you know the two teams that you that you see there. So um, you know, it, it seems like a long ways down the road. Um, but you know, realistically, 
it's a place they should be with a chance to potentially play in that um, play for a spot in that final four. Yeah. I mean, you have to give your hats off to this Wisconsin program. I think in for the last couple of years, I mean, consistently they've had above 500 records. We see them in bowl games. We see them as rocks throwing distance from a playoff spot. And I think this year is that with their kind of weaker schedule and the improvement of players, improvement of freshmen. Uh, I think this is the year that something special is brewing in Madison. So uh, just talking about this just kind of made me think about, uh, you know, just the, the amount of success and the consistency that, that the program has had over the last couple of years. Um, it, it, I mean, just, we, we saw the news earlier this week that obviously uh, Gary Anderson left, you know, walked away from, uh, his uh, his head coaching job at Oregon State, uh, and uh, I was thinking about that earlier when the news came down. And you know, it, at at the time, you know, it was really easy to think, you know, you know, oh boy, I mean, the, this uh, this the Badgers have to go through another head coaching search. Like, what what's the problem in in Madison if there is one? But now, you know, obviously Gary Anderson's out at uh, Oregon State. Mike Riley, um, you know, who kind of started that carousel when he left Oregon State for Nebraska, is uh, on the hot seat in Lincoln. Brett Bielma is, uh, you know, not uh, not thriving down at Arkansas. Um, they have a pretty big game against Alabama this week. Um, it, do you think it's just a, a testament to, you know, the the success of the the like the base of the Wisconsin program. Like if you if you you know, follow the the blueprint that has been laid down for success, that you know the the, the wins will just follow there. Or do you think do you guys think that Paul Christ you know was able to just kind of take what was already here and build on a little bit? I guess I'm just curious you know as to what you guys are thinking about uh, when or if you thought about the same thing when you saw that news about Gary Anderson earlier this week. Yeah, uh, it's certainly a very interesting topic. Um, and, you know, for a lot of the reasons that you mentioned, um, I, I think a big thing, too, is just the culture. Um, and I think that maybe Brett Bielema, because he walked into that, um, you know, that being his first head coaching job, maybe as he assumed Wisconsin's culture or having a very strong culture maybe existed everywhere or, you know, that he would have something similar to Arkansas. I just think that, um, you know, Barry Alvarez, obviously what he's done – you know, building Wisconsin's program. But, you know, what he's been able to do, I think, as an athletic director as well, um, you know, the atmosphere around all, you know, the, the, the sporting programs there and the culture in Madison, uh, you know, it's not something you can really measure, but I think it's extremely high. And, you know, recruiting the right kids and having, um, you know, high character guys on campus, I think that goes a long way in um, why this program really hasn't, missed a beat and you know for for Gary Anderson to walk in that situation maybe he didn't fully realize um you know how uh, how how, you know strong things were at Wisconsin and how strong of a program was and the efforts that he tried to make to to kind of veer off on his own path um you know as you know the years go by it just makes less and less sense why you know he would want to try uh you know to go you know very much different from the blueprint that was already uh, kind of established there. So, um, you know, maybe Brett Bielema underestimated how good he had it at Wisconsin and how good of the, you know, the, the blueprint and the structure that was already there. And um, maybe, maybe Gary Anderson was just foolish to try to, uh, to try to steer this whole different way. And then obviously you have Paul Christ, who, who was a Wisconsin guy who understood all that. And um, Barry Anderson or yeah, Barry Alvarez, uh, 
you know, obviously knew that Paul Chris understood that. And I think that's a big reason why he's had so much success because he's embraced it and he hasn't changed it and he knows it works and um, he's, he's done an excellent job. Well, I just thought the culture aspect, John, I think you're talking about was just so critically important because, I mean, if you look at both of those coaches, Anderson and Bielma, they both combined to have a 0.737 win percentage in nine years at Wisconsin. And now, turning a few years later at Arkansas, Oregon State, they've combined to go 0.395. That's such a gigantic turnaround. And I think the biggest news this year in Arkansas for Arkansas football is how much they're paying – Bielma's buyout. It's $15 million. I mean, Badgers had coach Paul Chris. Now he's only getting paid probably a little over $2 million. So, I mean, I just think that, the, again, the culture here at Wisconsin is just such a dynamic place to be for a football school. And granted, it's a good school to be at, and it's shown that time and time again that if you stay here, you're going to win. And I, I want to – I'll circle back to this later when we start talking about Purdue, but I, I guess the uh... – the thing that I kind of take away from this is that I feel like the the one of the most consistent ways that you can win um, at the college level is you 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 figure out it like it, does your program have a an established formula for for winning and so I mean like you look at Wisconsin the, you know the the formula is pretty much set I mean like you you recruit well in state. You find guys from out of state uh, that uh, you can kind of develop, or maybe were under recruited a little bit uh, that you can, you know, put through your program. And then in, in three or four years, you're pretty confident that with the right coaching, um, you'll have, uh, you know, good quality Big Ten players. And then obviously you add, add into that, you know, solid schemes and uh, a high level running game, you know, a, a, a good offensive line. And, you know, you've seen what that combination will do in terms of, you know, and I think the Badgers are benefit obviously from being in the division that they're in, uh, in the big 10. But if you follow that formula, you know, your the success will follow. And I, I, so I feel like, you know, with a team like Purdue that will, you know, obviously talk about a little bit more later, you know, we've seen six, you know, people have success at Purdue and they did it by, you know, having a, like a high octane offense uh, by, you know, spreading the ball out and doing something different than what, you know, your classic Big Ten powers like Ohio State and Michigan do, like, you know, with power football, you know, the recruiting the best of the best as far as athletes go. And so I feel like if you have an identity as a college program and you can stick to it, you have a much better chance of winning and building off of that than if you, you know, try and mix things up or, you know, do something. I mean, it just kind of goes back to what, you know, John, you were talking about with Gary Anderson, where if you mix things up, you know, at, at a program where you, there is a formula, eventually it's going to break down. Yeah, I, I can't argue much with that. I, I think you do bring up a good point that Wisconsin is very fortunate to be in the Big Ten West with the with the way things are kind of laid out right now. And be, I mean, uh, it'd be interesting to see what, you know, the last couple of years will look like if they, they still had that old legends and leaders. Uh, format it would yeah definitely and um it, <laughs> the west is just so down right now and uh, you know obviously you look at the other side where you said god you know michigan state or michigan and ohio state are always gonna be good and then you know penn state's recruiting at a clip that's very similar to them and obviously right. michigan state's over there too so wisconsin is certainly 
enjoyed being in the West. <laughs> it's been, they've had a lot of success there for. I remember uh, when they announced that uh, division lineup. Um, you know, sh I think shortly after they, um, you know, had added Maryland and Rutgers uh, to the to the Big Ten. They announced that they were going away from the Legends leaders. I you know I pulled up the email on my phone. I saw how they were doing it because that was that was obviously the rumors that. You know, with uh, you know, adding those two East Coast teams, that they would go back, or you know, they would do the the East West split. And you looked at the teams, and you know, in Wisconsin's division, and you know, even at back then, at the time, it was like the you know the big dog in the Big Ten West, not. And you know, that's you know, yep, you can't really control that. It's just it's just you know the way that the cards were dealt. But yeah, I think it, they were definitely very fortunate that that I have. Yeah. But so anyway, then, uh, as we no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to move in uh, to the recruiting portion of uh, the podcast here, and um, you know the real yeah. the real big news with things kind of being quiet on the football recruiting front after uh, Dante Burton's commitment. We talked about that last week. Uh, Wisconsin got a commitment. Um, it actually went down Tuesday night when I had a chance to talk to Hedstrom, but he made it official Wednesday night. Um, he accepted Wisconsin's four for five deal. Um, where he'll pay his first way um, at Wisconsin and then go on scholarship the, the remaining four years, what will likely be after a redshirt season. So he's a six foot ten, about 230-pound senior from Hopkins High School in Minnesota. Um, you know, when he arrives on campus, I think he'll be the fifth kid from Minnesota on Wisconsin's roster. Um, you know, I, I was kind of crunching some some of the projected depth chart for – not projected depth chart, the projected scholarship distribution. And, uh, you know, a kid like him, Wisconsin's really going to need um, some front court help, uh, the, you know, once um, Charlie Thomas and Ethan Happ graduate. And, you know, after a redshirt season, I think uh, they're going to really look to, to Joe Hedstrom to provide, you know, some defense and rebounding. Some, so he's going to have to be ready to play, I think, after a redshirt season. Um, you know, his offer list wasn't – you know, super spectacular. There was Cleveland State and Denver. Uh, I think both North Dakotas offered South Dakota, Western Michigan schools like that. But he did pick up a, a recent offer from Utah, and I know Purdue is looking at him quite a bit too. So um, I think you know, getting him at, at a four for five, where he's paying his first year, he's essentially part of that 2019 class. Um, you know, I don't know if he'll ever be a big time player for Wisconsin, but if he can fill fill a role for them and and kind of serve, you know, as, like I said, you know, maybe a shot blocker, a guy can get it done on the defensive end and rebound quite a bit for you. I think that's that's what you're looking for for Joe Hedstrom. So he's got a big body and a big frame. I think he could still add a ton of weight. So, um, you know, when I mentioned Purdue, if they if he could be like an Isaac Haas, um, you know, he's a big monster, you know, seven foot two and almost 300 pounds. But if he can be someone similar to that, um, I think that'd be a real asset for Wisconsin. So um, there's still a scholarship open for them in the 2018 class um, with Hedstrom now, you know, technically there, but really, um, you know, more appropriately part of the 2019 class, I would say. Well, thanks for that bad ball update, uh, John Mack. And just in the, in the interest of time, why don't we uh, uh, turn our focus back to football for a little bit? Obviously, you know, we were talking about how uh, for – 
uh, a fan's perspective for the for Badgers fans, it's okay to kind of look at the schedule and uh, you know see the potential for them to go undefeated. But if they're going to do that, they have to take care of their business this weekend against uh, what looks like a, a rejuvenated Purdue team uh, led by new head coach uh, Jeff Brom, who's uh, really kind of uh, rejuvenated their their offense and defense. I think both sides of the ball there have uh, taken a step forward. Um, I don't. I don't know that I expect uh, you know much, much trouble for the Badgers in terms of um, it being you know particularly in the second half or anything like that. But uh, what do you what do you guys expecting to see uh, when the Badgers take on the Boilermakers this week? Yeah, like you mentioned, this is uh, you know seems to be a program that's rejuvenated under rejuvenated under first year head coach Jeff Brom. Um, you know, they, they, they're having a very good year, you know, especially for a Purdue team that's been in the cellar of the Big Ten for, for a pretty long time. Um, you know, they played Michigan pretty tough and then, you know, coming off a win against Minnesota. So, um, you know, some people have asked, you know, will this be a trap game for Wisconsin? You know, I certainly don't think so. Um, I do think this is a good team, but I think, you know, like, you know, kind of the theme that Wisconsin's had throughout the, the, the year, I think they're both, both, you know, more talented on both sides of the ball. Um, you know, I think they'll be able to run the ball against Purdue pretty well. Um, I think Wisconsin's going to come out on top. You know, I'd say somewhere in like the 31 to 17 range. I think Wisconsin is just better on both sides of the ball. But um, I, this is a Purdue team maybe in a year or two once, you know, he starts getting his recruits in that, uh, you know, maybe they can make some waves in the Big Ten, which is, it hasn't happened since what, since I think Drew Brees has been there for Purdue. Yeah, I think the one aspect of the team that I'm going to be watching close this weekend is the Boilermakers special teams. Uh, right now, I think Wisconsin special teams are performing exceptionally well. Um, but Purdue does right now does not have a good field goal kicker. I think both of their kickers that they've kind of been switching off, they're just five of nine. And their punts in the punter is only averaging, I believe, a little over 40 yards per game. So I, I think that might come back to hurt Purdue against a – strong Wisconsin defense and an even stronger Wisconsin offense. Yeah. Um, Jim Leonard was saying yesterday that uh, th- this is a, a Purdue offense that's going to test his team's eye discipline. You know, sometimes when you go into a week, um, you look at a team's offense and it, it's, you know, it's kind of run of the mill traditional. This is not a, this is not a traditional offense. It says you can't even call it, you know, a gadget week where you like expect uh, a couple of gadget plays or funky stuff you know, in there because that, that is their offense. Like they, uh, Paul Chris was saying earlier this week that uh, he, he respects it because it's, it's a true system of, of plays that complement each other. And, uh, you know, if you get, uh, if you get burned or if you get caught, uh, looking where they want you to look instead of, you know, where the ball is or, you know, anything like that, then, uh, it's going to hurt you. And so it's, it's going to be, it's, it's, I think it's a good thing that Wisconsin's defense is, um, you know, uh, they return a lot of experience from previous years, uh, just n- not not in, in the case of having played, you know, this particular Purdue offense before, but just having been through, you know, so many Big Ten games, I think is going to help them in this in this week you know, against a team that's going to try and uh, throw them off and show them some new looks and, uh, you know, throw some, uh, some funky-looking plays at them. And you know, they have a, a quarterback rotation. Uh, the Badgers don't seem to think that uh, – uh, there's there's a drop off between one or the other, so they're they're kind of preparing for uh, you know a, a very uh, a new look Purdue offense, and uh, you know I think the the thing that I'm going to be watching is just the health the health of Wisconsin's offensive line. Like if, if John Dietzen and Micah Capoy are both listed as questionable for this week, 
And if, if they could get one or both of them on the field for this game, I feel like, you know, their, their running game should be in pretty good shape. Although uh, Jason Erdman seemed to play pretty well as their uh, reserve guard. He, he finished out the Nebraska game at, uh, at left guard uh, instead of Dietzen. And his, I think his, he said his first play was uh, Jonathan Taylor's 75-yard touchdown. So not that, not that uh, he caused the 75-yard touchdown, but, uh, you know, I think Wisconsin's offense looked pretty good um, in the second half, and uh, Urban was uh, – I think he played the whole rest of the way after uh, getting subbed in there for that. Yeah, that must have been a hell of a talk that Joe Rudolph gave him. Yeah, um, no you know, midweek, <laughs> uh He said that, you know, he had a brutally, a brutally honest conversation with Erdman, and uh, he looked – I don't want to say he looked great against Nebraska. He looked very good, um, you know, for for his first, I would say, you know, big time serious game action on the road. Um, you know, right. he looked good. He's a he's a big kid. And I thought he moved really well, and um, I thought he played ex- extremely well given the circumstances. So, um, you know, I, in a position where you know John Dietzen seems to be you know on the questionable list, I think he's been there for pretty much his entire career at Wisconsin. Um, I think you feel pretty good about, you know, having another guy, maybe besides Micah Kapoy, that you feel like can play in that interior. So, um, you know, just even going back on Urban, I remember he was a guy that uh, Wisconsin kind of identified pretty early, and I thought he could be a guy that Wisconsin offered a scholarship to at some point. And I remember Gary Anderson and his staff brought him on campus a handful of times, and to get him as a walk on, I thought was a steal. Um, and he'll probably be the next guy, you know, that'll be in position to maybe get a scholarship, um, you know, as soon as next fall uh, for the Badgers. If he if he can continue to play one, I guess, um, you know, kind of adhere to whatever Joe Rudolph told him that day. Yeah, I guess that's one of those things where you have a conversation like that, you know, lights a fire. You know, Rudolph was saying you never know when you're going to get that chance to uh, go out and, you know, show that you've, you know, taken some, Taking some things to heart, but he uh, he got his chance last week, and uh, you know things seem to go pretty well uh, from there. It's you know it's like it's like you said. I, I don't know that he played great, but you know for your your first game, you know getting reps where you know the 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 situation that you're seeing, you know the the results of the game is still in doubt. I mean, I, I feel like he he held up pretty well, and you know it's it, that's good for the Badgers to to have some extra depth on the uh, the offense. Hold uh, on. Guys, you know, obviously the two guards, and then um, well, Benchwall was uh, banged up a little bit for a while, and uh, you know, Michael Deers, you know, kind of playing through a, uh, a nagging ankle injury, involving landing some reps uh, just to kind of spell him a little bit. So, you know, developing some depth is good, you know, for this team, um, and. You know, they they want their line to be as healthy as possible, and so if that means having to, you know you know rotating between the starters and you know those next guys in i think if you if that's the way that you keep them healthy for the stretch run then that's basically what you got to do yeah i mean the injuries are going to be a big thing for the badgers uh and even purdue i mean both teams are coming in right now with some players out and a lot of moving parts i know purdue's been adjusting with a lot of their freshmen as have the badgers so i think Again, with even as the temperature is getting a little colder, that also plays into some of these guys' injuries that they're a little hesitant about on both sides of the field. So uh, I think this will be a good matchup for the Badgers. I know the Purdue, Purdue's, like John Mack said before, they're kind of coming in as a maybe a grind grind matchup. But 
this is a game that the Badgers can prove again that this season isn't a fluke. Mills, do you have a, a score prediction for this game, like do you, uh, something like that that you uh, you feel pretty confident about, or just a result? Yeah. Um, so I think that the Jonathan Taylor, Jonathan Taylor Heisen hype train is full steam this weekend. Um, I think he's going to rush for over 150 yards as he has in the past and has he showed us so often. I mean, when he's rushing more than 100 yards per game, the Badgers win by double digits. That's besides the 59-10 Utah State game. Uh, when Taylor records a rush longer than 50 yards per game, he's averaging around nine yards per carry. And that opens up so many more offensive opportunities for this Badgers offense that at times can struggle to convert. And I think when Taylor does well, the Badgers do well. So I think Josh Taylor's going to have a big game, and I see the Badgers winning by double digits. Yeah, if, uh, if um, Jonathan Taylor rushes for at least 233 yards, he will be the fastest uh, Wisconsin running back to reach that 1,000-yard uh, plateau in terms of uh, number of games it took to get there. Uh, currently, I, I was looking at it, and P.J. Hill was the quickest of the, the uh, recent Wisconsin feature backs going from uh, Corey Clement uh, back to Anthony Davis. I couldn't find some, I couldn't find uh, the, uh, how long it took Ron Dane to get to a thousand, but uh, you know, certainly that's, that's good company to be in. Um, and uh, you know, even if it takes him two games to get there, he'd still be tied. Taylor would still be tied with Hill with seven games. So uh, certainly not, not out of the, uh, the realm of possibility that he get, he could get there this week with another big game. I, I think I'm, I'm with you guys. I, I see a, a double-digit win. I think I've been saying along the lines of like 35 to 17, somewhere in there. Although I wouldn't be surprised if just with the way that Wisconsin has started slow on the offensive side of the ball uh, through their first couple of games this year, if, it, if it's a little tight in the, you know, in the uh, first or second quarter, um, you know, we, we've at least seen that the Badgers can uh, kind of respond and then uh, kind of uh, put, their, put their second half. So we'll have to see if that plays out again this week that's all uh here on the uh badgerblitz.com podcast for the week i want to thank uh john mcnamara and jonathan mills for joining us again uh for talking about uh wisconsin's uh win over nebraska some uh, some good basketball recruiting information obviously our uh, preview of the upcoming game against purdue don't forget to uh subscribe on uh itunes if you like the show and uh sign up so that that uh, new episodes will automatically download onto your phone. And if you like, uh, like the show, uh, make sure that you leave us a review and a, a good star rating. So it'll help other uh, people that are looking for a uh, college football podcast, talking about the Wisconsin Badgers to find it uh, when they're looking for it. So thanks again for listening to the badgerblitz.com podcast. And we'll talk to you guys next week.